welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the official Steroids Podcast. I am so excited and so stoked to be out here with you guys again. You know what? Last podcast episode, I talked to you guys. I asked you guys to pause the episode and go give a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, for the steroid podcast there. And I promised you guys a powerful high five if you did that. And you know what happened? The amount of reviews doubled, doubled since the last podcast when you guys did that. So every single one of you that did it, and it was a lot of you. This is for you. You know my hand's going to be red after that. The same feeling that just happened to me with that hard-ass high-five, powerful high-five, was the same feeling that females get after I spank them, consensually, of course. And then they attempt to spank me back in revenge. But they hit my squat-ass and then they're regretting that they even tried. They're there, you know, nearly crying, shaking their hands in pain. I know a lot of you other deep squatters know this feeling. All right. So awesome, you guys. Powerful high five to you. Power to you. You guys kick ass. All right. Why is the book more valuable and important than the podcast? The reason why is because the podcast, man, there's 40 hours of content on the podcast. You can become very well-versed in PEDs by listening to the podcast. But the thing is, you guys, God damn, my hands are stinging. But the thing is, you guys, is that it's too much information to just internalize. I mean, you could watch, you could listen to every episode of the podcast three times and you still won't be able to like, you know, know it all off the back of your head or off the back of your hand, whatever, whatever that saying is, um, without having to like go back through and search through shit and everything because I mean guys the reason why I'm able to just you know turn on the record with a bunch of questions like this and talk to you guys is because I've been studying this stuff and living this stuff for 14 years now um you know st- studying PEDs and you know living PEDs coaching people that are using PEDs and so that's that's why the, there's so much internalized information that ex, is explained in my own words and, uh, you know, is not, you know, throwing stuff at you. I'm not, you know, when you listen to me speak about PEDs, it's not like, a, you know, I'm one of these intelligent idiots that is, uh, you know, saying things that go over your head and you can't understand it. But you're like, oh, well, he's, 
so complex. He must be educated and smart. You know, there's a lot of these guys that act like that. And that is called an intelligent idiot. It's someone who has a lot of knowledge, but has no idea how to pass it on to others. And those people, you're good. You better off not even, that's trash. It's garbage. It's an intelligent moron. Okay. So the reason why the book is good is because it's 109 pages and everything that you need to know to go from zero, having knowing nothing about steroids, to going to doing everything that you need to know to be an IFBB pro bodybuilder is contained in those 109 pages. And there's links, there's like a table of content where there's links and you can click on each one link and it takes you to the certain things. So when you're having side effects, when you have questions about any different kinds of roids or anything like that, cycles, um, even training and diet, different diets that work, how to control blood pressure, all the different side effects and everything, it's right there. And it's like a field manual, like a field manual reference guide that contains a lot of science, but it's written, it, can, it contains anecdote, experience, science, but it's written in a way that the common man who has no information about this stuff, he's a beginner, he can understand it. It's written in a way that a child could understand how to use these things, but it contains all of the information that someone would need to go from having no knowledge to go from being an IFBB pro bodybuilder professional, okay? That's why the book is the most valuable resource, a $20 book, to make it so that anybody in the world can access it, even third world country guys. You've got to put some price on it to make it so that the information, because, you know, people could hurt themselves, you know. It, you know, I do not recommend that you follow any of the advice in the podcast or the book, okay. It's just putting the true information out there so that we can know what people do in order to d make this stuff happen. Pro athletics, pro bodybuilding, etc. It's not advice. It's just putting the true information out there, okay? And so all of the information is contained in the book. It's the most valuable resource that has ever existed in bodybuilding, literally, not just in steroids. It's if you want to be a bodybuilder, it is the most valuable resource on planet Earth that has ever been pr produced. And there's no argument. It just is. All right. I want to get to the first question of the day. And this is going to be one that a lot of you guys are going to be interested in. Diego asks, hey, question for the podcast. How can someone get rid of face bloating or moon face from gear? Why do I have a double chin ever since starting steroids? Okay, well, the first thing that I have to tell you is that taking gear grows the muscle of your face. You know why we can make a lot of facial expressions? It's because your entire face is composed of muscle. Yeah, so like you've got like your skin there, okay? Now, if you tore the skin off of someone's face, it's solid muscle underneath, okay? And then there's also muscle where you're under your jaw, above your neck, but under your jaw, okay? And that is the muscle that opens your mouth. And then you have the muscle that's up by your temples on the sides of your skull that then closes your mouth, okay? So your entire head is surrounded by muscle everywhere. So what happens, and this is something that, you know, these morons on social media, guys, they, they're like girls, dude. They only take pictures and show you at perfect angles, okay? And at perfect lighting and, and everything is a deception. It's all a fucking illusion. God. 
So they never, so I get, when I talk about this, I get some guys who say, oh, well, this IFBB Pro doesn't have that. And I'm like, all right, bro, you've got a lot to learn. You got a lot to learn, bro. So almost all bodybuilders get a, quote, double chin. And it's because the muscle below your jawbone grows from eating, okay? And this muscle hangs down underneath your jawbone, okay? And if, if people are honest, they've got it. And they're not taking all these retarded angle pictures like a fucking woman. Jeez. Okay, and the other thing is that the side, when you take gear, the side of your head, it changes shape, okay? So the muscle that is around your temple, when you open up your jaw, if you're on gear, you can see it move in and out. It looks like kind of like a triangle on the side of your temple. And that is uh, the muscle that closes your jaw. Um, and then as well as like in the fronts of your cheeks and on the sides, it's also muscle there. So, okay, when you, uh, if you, if you want to look like a pretty boy or something, <laughs> you know what, all that thing about, you guys know what aesthetics means. It means, it means beauty, okay? Aesthetic means beautiful. So if you're like obsessed with aesthetics, and you're like, I live for aesthetics. I live for male beauty. Um, reconsider. Reconsider what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing it. All right? Guys, I'm not afraid to say things that are going to offend people. That's why this podcast exists. Okay? So, if that hurt your feelings... Take a little time to cry about it and then come back when you want more truth. <laughs> All right. So if you get a double chin, a muscle double chin, a bodybuilder steroid double chin from being a bodybuilder, you can grow a little beard if you want to cover it, okay? But you know what? It's really not that bad of a thing. <laughs> if you're getting bloating or moon face from gear too, like a really round face, there are two things that causes that. One is high estrogen levels. If you take a lot of testosterone or you take D-ball and you have um, estrogen levels going up and down throughout the day, even if you are on AI, um, you're still going to get some bloating in your face that's going to turn your face more round, okay? And uh, you, you, can, you need to take the AI to get rid of that, yeah, and that'll help a lot. But the other thing is that, you know, if you're looking to be, you know, really detailed and really, you know, you can be really ripped and lean on high testosterone, but when you do use the high testosterone, like more than 700 milligrams a week, okay, and you're looking for the most detail, mm, you should lower it down to 700 milligrams per week or less if you're looking for detail, okay? Not if you're looking for leanness, but you're looking for the tiny, small details. So that's why in competition, you know, you, you reduce the testosterone to something like one milliliter per week or you just can it all together um, for the last couple of weeks before the competition. But it will make you significantly smaller to take out the testosterone if you don't replace it with something like 10 milligrams of D-ball. So that's that, guys. That's uh, the face muscles on gear. All right, the next question is from Anonymous. Why do pro bodybuilders rise up so quickly, but then their bodies fast begin falling apart? Ooh, ooh. This is going to be another butte. This is going to be a butte. Very offensive. Very offensive to these guys, okay? So, 
they're insulin abusers, okay? I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to beat around the bush and say something else. They're insulin abusers. They're insulin abusers. They're insulin abusers. Okay, so regular bodybuilding, where you create a body where the average person would see that and be like, dude, you're fucking jacked. You are so buff. And I wish that my body looked like that. That's created by anabolic steroids and small amounts of growth hormone, okay? No more than four IU per day, all right? When you get these freakazoids that are modern bodybuilders where you look at their body and it looks like a block of cement, a refrigerator, it's huge. It's just absolutely mammoth, okay? And they look like the average person says, ew, I don't wanna look like that. That's gross. And they have like this big, thick ass waist, but it's ripped to shreds. Insulin abuser, insulin abuser, insulin abuser. Okay, insulin is, it has no place in bodybuilding. It has no place in bodybuilding. Guys, get on it. They get on insulin and growth hormone and they use it along with their gear. And they notice that the insulin makes them bigger, faster than any other substance on planet Earth. And you know what that always means. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. It destroys their bodies. It destroys their organs. It destroys their muscles. It destroys their faces, their feet, their hands. It ruins them. Okay, so when guys start using insulin, it's very similar to when guys start using Tren. And they start using it and they're like, oh, this is the shit and I don't have any side effects and I'm getting so big, but it's not true. Okay, and these things are adding up over time. So what the insulin does when it mixes with the growth hormone um, is it creates an astronomical amount of IGF-1 in your body, okay? And what does IGF-1 do? It grows things. So if you have some elevated IGF-1 from just taking growth hormone, like four IUs per day of pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone, three IUs per day, you know what? You take that and it doesn't really grow your organs. If you're working out and you're creating damage to muscle tissue, now you get the IGF-1. What the IGF-1 does is it goes and seeks out that damaged tissue and then it makes the stem cells that are in the vicinity of the damaged tissue, you have the stem cells all over the place. It makes them transform into muscle cells, okay? It makes them turn into muscle cells. So you add more muscle cells, okay? But this is why you don't wanna go crazy with these peptides, insulin and growth hormone, because when you get too much IGF-1, well, now it spills over, okay? The IGF-1, it's very anabolic, okay? And it's anabolic on every single tissue in the body, which means building up, making bigger, giving more cells. And so if you have too much IGF-1 in your blood, it's going to, all of the muscle cells that are damaged are gonna get their IGF-1 and start creating more stem cells and it's gonna start making you huge and it's gonna start making it grow kind of weird, kind of weird looking, kind of weird shape. You're gonna get uh, just uncontrolled growth on your muscles. So they'll kind of change shape a little bit. And then in addition to that, in addition to that, 
all the remainder flows over to everywhere else on your body. And you start getting these guys with hands that are completely out of proportion and feet that are completely out of proportion and stomachs that are completely out of proportion and hearts that are completely fucking out of proportion. All right. The most sensitive organ in the body to IGF-1 is the intestines, the intestines. And what happens when you take insulin and you take a lot of growth hormone, you get hungry as shit. And then what happens? You fill up your intestines with food. And then what happens? The intestines and the digestive tract are stretched with enormous amounts of IGF-1 flowing through your blood, which then grows your organs, grows your stomach, grows your guts, okay? Now you guys know, oh, he has a growth hormone gut. No, he has an insulin gut. He has an insulin gut. He took growth hormone, which was okay. He took roids, which was okay. Then he discovered insulin and he discovered, wow, this makes me bigger, faster than anything else. And so he started abusing it and thinking this is great. And then he just started getting uncontrolled growth everywhere in his body. And that's why you see these guys who look like the Michelin man. And it's like, they look big and they look ripped, but something just doesn't look right, dude. Something is off. Something is off about the way this guy looks. Insulin abuser. Insulin abuser. Insulin abuser. Fuck insulin. It can kill you. It can kill you in one shot. Why are you using things that can kill you in one shot? Why are you using DNP? Because some idiot abuser told you that it makes you lose fat and you're so desperate and you don't know how to diet right and so you can't lose weight? You need to hire a coach. All right. Why are you using insulin? Dallas McCarver died because he went into a coma from taking insulin. Okay. It is rapid acting and it drops your blood sugar. And when you have a rapid drop in blood sugar, your brain cannot function. It runs on glucose. And so if you do that and you don't have sugar right in the vicinity, you'll start flopping around like a fish. Your arms won't work. Your hands won't work. And you'll be trying to go to the refrigerator, but you'll be flopping down on the floor, okay? You'll be flopping on the floor, literally looking like a fish, okay? And you'll pass out, go into a coma, and you'll die. All right, so you're ruining your quality of your muscles, becoming this big freak on insulin, and you're risking death. And it kills people every year. Diabetic people die from accidents involving insulin use every year. And well-known pro bodybuilders also die, okay? It has no place in bodybuilding. You guys, this, this shit, don't follow these idiots. All right. So that's why the bodybuilders rise up quickly and then they begin falling apart. They, you know, they get so big on, on insulin 
and you know that's like wow how did this guy get so big so fast and he looks so amazing and then it's like you know after a few years like remember phil heath mr olympia and same thing with ronnie coleman same thing with dorian yates same thing with jay cutler after years you just notice like they lose control they lose control and they're falling apart and they look worse every year and you're going what's wrong what's wrong well now you know next question is from chris so my dad is 75 he is a retired army veteran and i want to give him a gift he suffers from arthritis and general wear and tear from living a badass war machine life i don't think i could get him to inject but can you suggest some type of oral a man that age can take just to improve life with not having to worry about side effects he has earned his retirement and i just want to help him get the best out of his golden years one second yeah i can i can recommend you something so proviron tablets are made for guys like your dad okay they the reason that proviron exists and that it's prescribed and what it says on the label when you buy pharmaceutical grade proviron is for his guys that are 60 to 80 years old who have low libido who have low energy who have depression okay when you have low testosterone which all old guys do and most middle-aged guys too do now nowadays too and a lot of young guys too because there's so many environmental toxins that are specifically put into the environment by the governments in order to lower your testosterone because what does it do it makes you think for yourself it makes you act for yourself it makes you not tolerate bullshit and not tolerate being pushed around by tyrants okay that's what testosterone does and so what a good way to control you to eliminate your testosterone or severely reduce it. Let's put some shit in the water. Let's put birth control and other shit. Let's get all the women on it. Put it in the water supply. Get all these phytoestrogens. Put it in all the food. Get all this other hormone disrupting shit and put it in the water. So they're showering in it, drinking in it. Drinking from cups that give them in it. And they're just littered with this hormone-disrupting shit, okay? And let's make everybody a bunch of beta male cucks. Great. Power consolidation. So if you just take the Proviron, it's, you can take 25 to 50 milligrams per day. And what that'll do, for one thing, when you have the testosterone, the testosterone you do have, it will make it free testosterone instead of total testosterone or bound testosterone that is inactive because it, re it reduces your sex hormone binding globulin. And then the other thing is that it's DHT. It's orally available DHT. That's what Proviron Mesterlone is. And so basically you take it and all of the masculinizing effects that testosterone have is really caused by DHT or dihydrotestosterone, okay? So testosterone is a weaker androgen that works in your muscle tissues but it doesn't work in any of the other tissues in your body. It's dihydrotestosterone, a metabolite of testosterone that's created when testosterone interacts with the enzyme 5-alpha reductase and transforms it into dihydrotestosterone that makes you have all your male characteristics, such as body hair, penis growth at puberty, growing a masculine-looking face, and the, you know, the bulge of bone that goes above your eyes, shit like that. All, all of the masculine effects, okay? That's all caused by DHT. It gives you your sex drive. It goes into your brain, okay? So what proviron is, is it's orally available DHT. You take it, and it goes 
crosses the blood brain barrier, it goes into your brain and it stimulates your lizard brain male stuff to happen. Okay. So it makes you have more energy. It makes you extremely horny. That's the main effect. Okay. It increases your sex drive like crazy. If you've got a high sex drive, you likely don't have too much depression and you likely have quite a bit of energy that, that goes together. Um, another effect of proviron is acne because it attaches to the DHT receptors on your skin. Um, it increases the speed of your beard growth, all this stuff, okay? Um, and, you know, D the proviron, it doesn't affect your um, hypothalamic pituitary uh, gonadal axis, the thing that controls your natural production of testosterone. It's one of the only hormones that does this, okay, that doesn't affect that. So when you take the proviron as a natural, it works without shutting off your natural testosterone production. So I think I mentioned this before and like in one of the other podcast episodes recently, but you know, I like nice people. Okay. I like nice people with honor. Okay. Something like being rich and having money and being able to do whatever you want. Fuck that. Fuck that, man. There, I do not subscribe to how successful you are or how much of a man you are because of some stupid number in your bank account or how much you have access to. That is nothing. That is nothing. What would a good warrior have? What makes a good warrior? His honor, his self-respect, the way that he conducts himself, the fact that he cannot be bribed, the fact that he cannot be bought. The fact that he conducts himself with honor and respect. Respects himself and respects others, okay? This is what makes a man. So, give your dad some, give your dad some proviron and tell him, Thank you for his service and being such a badass war machine through his life. And uh, let's get him some more energy. All right, next question is from Justin. Okay, I need legit advice. I'm on 500 milligrams testosterone enanthate and 50 milligrams Winstrol Anavar each a day. Split it up 25 plus 25 milligrams every 12 hours roughly. Okay, so he, he takes 25 milligrams of Winstrol and Anavar combination twice per day. And he also takes 500 milligrams of testosterone per week. He keeps getting acid reflux or a feeling in my throat like I'm going to puke. It hurts. I need to swallow or drink water. I've never had this in my life really as much as I have now. Like it's nearly a daily thing. And I'm thinking it has to be Winstrol Anavar maybe. What could I do to alleviate this side effect? <laughs> Everybody asked me all these skating questions today that like... <laughs> That all these, you know, they always get the wrong information online from all these bullshit artists who know nothing, who know nothing. Okay. So if you talk about this on, um, uh, on, on the internet, they'll all tell you like, don't take baking soda. It will reverse the effect. You need to drink apple cider vinegar. Or they'll tell you to like take acid reflux tablets. Scam, scam, scam alert, baby. Scam alert. No. You take baking soda, sodium bicarbonate. What's happening when you take these orals is that 
protein recycling that's happening in your body. Massive nitrogen retention. Orals have a major effect on this. So does Trenbolone. Okay, and when that happens, your body becomes acidic. What is protein made out of? It's made out of amino acids. Your body becomes more and more acidic on the acidic scale. What do you need to do to reverse that? Well, you need to consume very basic or alkaline substances. So an extremely basic alkaline substance is sodium bicarbonate. It's what makes the bubbles be in, uh, in soda, and a pure source of it is baking, baking soda. So you can either buy it in tablets or just take baking soda. If you're in a pinch, you can just buy like a Diet Coke because it has a little bit of it in it, and it'll kind of relieve you, like if you need it fast. But what you do is you take half teaspoon of baking soda, okay, and you mix it in water, and you drink it like a shot, and it will instantly solve your acid reflux instantly and you're going to get all these people that are going to say well it's only going to solve it temporarily and then it's going to be even worse no they're wrong they're wrong sorry they're wrong just try it just try it you know you guys know that i'm not steering you astray with this podcast okay and i know you've heard all this shit I know you've heard all this shit by these intelligent morons, these science people, these people who think they know the science of the body. Don't listen to them. Try this out. (laughs) When you get the acid reflux, take a shot of water mixed with half teaspoon of baking soda and it will solve all your problems. If you get it again later in the day, Do it again, and it will solve all your problems. Baking soda in the golden era was used as a performance-enhancing substance pre-workout. So the thing that makes you feel pain and burning in your muscles is lactic acid. So you can eliminate lactic acid production or heavily stifle it by consuming very alkaline substances. So if you consume a lot of baking soda in one hit, it's going to give you diarrhea if you're not used to it yet. But honestly, in the golden era, they would do things like consume like mm, a tablespoon of baking soda pre-workout. And it would make it so that they could go longer and harder um, in the gym, um, you know, without feeling the pain and burning in their muscles. Um, so they'd use it as a PED, okay? But... You can't just begin using it at that dosage, okay? That's why I say a half teaspoon, because it's going to give you major diarrhea if you just go take a a tablespoon of uh, baking soda, okay? So start with a half teaspoon. If you need more, you can work up. It is a PED substance. It'll make you be able to have less pain, burning, and soreness and be able to work out longer and harder and go deeper into your sets um, without stopping. So baking soda. (laughs) Smells like baking soda. Okay, the next question is from Shakya. He asks, question for the podcast. Is it worth it to run metformin off cycle, not cruise, for a little bit of nutrient partitioning effect and a bit of Viagra pre-workout for the pumps? So metformin, if you're natural, it's not good for you. It reduces hormone production in men and women by 50% if you're natural. So if you are not using pharmacological uh, hormones, testosterone, you're not using, you know, you're not putting hormones into your body from the outside, 
it's going to reduce your testosterone by 50% taking metformin. So if you're off cycle or on a PCT, you don't want to be taking metformin because it's going gonna, it's gonna to half your testosterone levels. But if you're on cycle and you're actually taking the testosterone and putting it into your body, then it's not going to do anything to your testosterone levels. So that's when it can be valuable. There's confusion on metformin. So metformin is primarily good as a weight loss tool. It makes you absorb about 25% less of the calories that you eat. But, um, and, and then um, at the same time, it also makes your muscle cells become more sensitive to the effects of insulin. And it increases the maximum amount of glycogen fuel storage, carbohydrate fuel storage that your muscles can have. So, you know, a lot of people talk bad about metformin, but then a lot of people do use metformin. Um, a lot of people will like say like, oh, it's so bad stuff, but then it's like they're on a little bit. They're like, don't take this. This is, on, this is bad shit, but then they're on a little bit. You know, I don't take metformin anymore unless I'm on growth hormone. And when I'm on growth hormone, I take about, uh, I take like uh, half the time maybe I take metformin. And yeah, you know, if, if I'm the biggest and fullest and freakiest possible, you know, I do. I do use metformin. That's that's when I'm like that because it increases the amount of maximum like roundness carbohydrate fuel storage that your muscles can have. Okay, um, but for guys that have a hard time gaining weight or hard time eating enough calories, it's not going to be something that's going to help you. It's it's going to be a negative thing for you. But if you're a guy that gains weight easily, um, does not have a problem eating, um, you know, a lot of calories, it it kind of works like as a filter on junk food and stuff like that. Uh, you can, you know, a lot of these fitness models and stuff, they use a lot of metformin in order to like eat a lot of this junk food uh, that they like eating um, while they take gear and still staying, still staying lean. Uh, so that's that. Um, you're seeing, you're seeing a Viagra pre-workout for pumps. Yeah, yeah, that works. It's mainly for your dick though, you know. Uh, you know, Viagra and Cialis are good for blood pressure and your dick and they have a small effect for workouts. All right. The next question is from Ivan. He asks, Hey, Dan, huge fan of the steroids podcast. I have a question. I don't want to do any injectables, but I want to cut hard for the next five weeks. What would be your best suggestion? I do want to hop on some orals. I'm 215 pounds and five foot 10. Okay, yeah. So people say, you know, you can't do an oral only cycle. You can't do an oral only cycle. Fuck off. They work, okay? They're roids and they work. Whether you take injectables or not, they work. You know what? If you take 15 milligrams of D ball per day, it is going to blow every supplement that you could buy at the supplement store out of the water in the effects that you're going to get, okay? It's going to just make you laugh at supplements from the supplement store. Laughing if you take 15 milligrams of D-ball per day, okay? That's basically what I recommend. You got to have some estrogen in there, man, or else you're going to feel like shit because your brain can't function properly without it. So if you want to cut... You know, what I would recommend doing, what I would do, what I would do if it was me and I didn't want to take injectables is I'd take 10 milligrams of D-anabol every day. So that would, you know, make my muscles have some fullness. 
and it would make my brain be able to function correctly because it produces some estrogen. I'd also have a Remedex on hand to prevent gyno. And then the other thing that I would do is I would add in some Winstrol on top of that. Add in like 50 milligrams of Winstrol on top of that to protect my muscle. And, uh, you know, even at my current size, if I had some Winstrol, you know, 50 milligrams a day, that's pretty much all it takes to hold your muscle. Because that stuff, you know, steroids, you guys are so much better at holding muscle than they are at building muscle. That's what they're used for medically. They're used for, like, holding muscle in people that are sedentary, bedridden. Um, and when they lose weight, you know, causing the muscle not to lose. Um, so that, that's what that's what I would do. Um, I'd use a little bit of Deanabol, and I'd use a more Winstrol, and then uh, cut on that. So that's that. Okay, next question is anonymous. Thanks for the amazing podcast, bro. Could you please explain your cycles over the coronavirus lockdown? I'm confused how you maintained so much muscle while not weight training for five months. In particular, why the small dosages, timings, and why the range of different compounds? And are there any synergies? Okay, so on my Instagram, Bodybuilder in Thailand, at Bodybuilder in Thailand, there's two Instagrams. There's at Steroids Podcast on Instagram, and then there's at Bodybuilder in Thailand on Instagram. So I posted some pictures of, you know, what I looked like, um, you know, before I started going to the gym again. Um, after this, uh, you know, lockdown for a fake pandemic, for a fake pandemic that is meant to take away your human rights. Take away your human rights and dictate to you what you're going to do. Take away your constitutional freedoms. Take away your human rights. Tell you what to do. Tell you how to live your life for your protection. That's a no. That's a no. That's an infringement on your rights. And you have to reject it if you want to preserve those rights. Because if you don't, they're going to go away. And they're going to go away permanently. So yeah, I did what was necessary over the coronavirus lockdown to stay big and stay strong. Which is the exact opposite of what they want. What did I do? I took 400 milligrams of testosterone per week. I took 30 to 50 milligrams of superdrol per day. I took 50 to 100 milligrams of Winstrol per day. I took 10 milligrams of Deanabol per day. I took 20 milligrams of Turinabol per day. And I came out after not lifting for five months looking jacked as fuck. I also ate a ketogenic diet during that time, so I lost a lot of fat. Okay? Guys, steroids work. They work. Whether you're weight training or not. To maximize their effects, you need to be weight training, and you need to be weight training hard. But steroids are medications prescribed by doctors, and they work. Whether or not you do anything. If you do diet, that's 
very important, okay? Because what do steroids do? They manipulate your metabolism and make your body do different things, have different priorities for the food that you give it. So people that say like, oh, you know, the, the workout is the most important thing in bodybuilding. It's so hardcore. No, no. In bodybuilding, steroids are the most important thing. The second most important thing is your diet. And the third most important thing is your training. It's in that order, guys. That's the truth. If people aren't going to bullshit you, that's the truth, okay? So I refuse to let them shutting the gyms down make me weak. So myself, like many others that can see through this dog shit hoax, we did what was necessary to maintain our bodies. And I'm going to tell you one other thing. The PCR test that tests for COVID-19 actually doesn't test for COVID-19. And you can look this up. It tests for genetic material from the coronavirus family of cold viruses. So there is no test for COVID-19. There is only a RNA test called the PCR test that tests for genetic material from the coronavirus family of cold viruses. And if you've ever had a cold before, you contain some of that genetic material. And if they turn up the sensitivity of the test, you will test positive. And if they turn down the sensitivity of the test, you will test negative. You can verify what I just said. All right, the next question is from Derek. He asks, sup, Dan. I was on 500 test ananthate, 500 equipoise, and 2 IU ansimone for 12 weeks. I added 500 milligrams DECA after about one week or so. I started getting bad anxiety throughout the day. Not real sure if it's the equipoise mixed with DECA or what it is, but I'm going to try and take the equipoise out because the DECA is making my joints feel a lot better. I do love the way equipoise makes me feel, but I am new to this, so I'm just going to experiment a little bit and see what happens. I'll keep you updated. Thanks for the podcast. It's so good and is helping me make the best decisions I can. All right, so I actually think it was the DECA because you said you were feeling good on test and equipoise and 2IU Ansimone, which is pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone made in China for the Chinese market only, not for export. So it's only used in Chinese hospitals. Um, but then you added DECA and you started getting anxiety. So this is a classic effect of progesterone and prolactin stimulation. And it also happens on Trenbolone. It's like a foggy mind. Your brain feels foggy and you have a hard time thinking clearly or focusing. And you also have a hard time with your emotions and controlling them. It's like they're whipping back and forth and you're not in control. You feel not in control of how you feel. It's very bizarre. And that's what progesterone and prolactin stimulation feels like. Um, you need to get some cabergolin if you want to keep on running, um, running the uh, DECA. You need to get some cabergolin and run it like um, 0.25 milligrams two or three times a week up to somewhere like uh, 0.5 milligrams two or three times per week depending on how much you need in order to feel better. And that'll correct your problems in like two to three days after starting. The other option is using um, 
Pramipexil, uh, but you have to work up the dosage on that or else you'll feel like shit and you'll get really sick and probably throw up if you start out at the effective dosage. You have to use Pramipexil every day, but when you first start, you have to use you have to start at um, one-tenth of a milligram every day, and then every two days you can move up one-tenth of a milligram more. So it's like, you know, the first two days, like one-tenth of a milligram, and then the second two, uh, two days... Uh, two tenths of a milligram uh, and so on until you get up to about half a milligram per day of the Pramipexil. And then, then you'll be, um, you know, on an equal level basically of um, anti-prolactin and anti-progesterone effects as the cabergolin would give you, um, you know, 19 nor chemicals. Um, so that's DECA, um, Trestolone, um, and Trenbolone, you know, they are not formed from testosterone. You start out with progesterone molecule, a female hormone, and you do chemical alterations to it until that female hormone has massively potent androgenic male effects, okay? But it also has female effects still. That was its parent hormone. That's what it came from. That's what it was made from. And so these hormones hit all the hormone receptors in your body, not just the male hormone receptors in your body. And uh, that's why they can be a total mess um, you know, they're the, probably the most powerful hormones in bodybuilding, especially if you're getting big long-term and staying big. But they, they can really be a mess. Depends on how sensitive you are to them. Some people can handle them real well with no problems. And for other people, they're a nightmare. All right, next question is from MF. I wonder what that stands for. Hey, man, question for the podcast. Big fan. Been running 750 test cypionate 400 trend acetate weekly. Looking to switch up compounds. Is it even worth it to switch the trend to something else or just up the dose if I can handle the sides? I was thinking NPP if I switch. Okay, well, it sounds like you're, things are going well for you and you're feeling good. So if you're just looking to switch up the compounds for the sake of switching up compounds, you're going to be disappointed because nothing is as strong as Trenbolone. So if you're taking 400 milligrams of Trenbolone and then you switch to, you know, 700 milligrams of NPP, it's still going to be strong and you're still going to be making gains, but it will be kind of a letdown. You might just want to just add NPP to that. You're going to want to either up the test dose or up the trend dose or add NPP, not take the trend out. Because even just when you take trend out, you have kind of like a withdrawal. It's such a stimulating hormone and your brain gets used to being on it so that when you take it out, you get like a little bit of a depression and like low energy for mm, something like two to three weeks. It doesn't feel good at all. So if you're looking to switch up compounds, you could do that. Like I, it sounds like you're looking to like break plateau or like keep on going further in your cycle. And you know, if you just up your test from 750 to a thousand milligrams, that'll make a noticeable difference, man. Testosterone and all roids in general are dose-dependent in nature. The more you take, the bigger you get. <laughs> People don't want to admit that. They want to say the opposite because it makes it, you know, it's one of these things that reveals, you know, what bodybuilding really is. It's working out, dieting, and taking medications, with taking medications being the number one thing of importance, okay? So... That, that's something that people don't want to admit. They don't want that truth to be exposed. They don't want to believe that. But you take away the medications and everything falls apart, okay? My, my advice for you right now would just be to increase the testosterone. Um, 
if you uh, wanted to increase the trend balloon a little bit, yeah. And by the way, nothing I say on this podcast is advice. It's just information. So I'm going to rephrase that. If I was in your shoes, that's what I would do. Steve asks, could you go over the pros and cons of blasting and cruising? Also, I don't like the idea of being dependent on something, but steroids are pretty awesome. In a societal collapse, I'd rather not end up running around with low test after years of blasting and cruising. Thoughts on this scenario? Yeah, well, taking steroids is just like working out. It's like if you stop taking steroids, you lose your gains. If you stop working out, you lose your gains. It, like people say, like, like that's some kind of bad thing. Like, oh, well, as soon as you stop taking steroids, you'll lose everything. Yeah, yeah, you will. And you know what? If you work out and then you stop working out, you'll lose everything. And it's fast, too. So if a guy works out for three years and then he stops for three months, he's going to make major atrophy. His muscles are going to shrink. If a guy takes steroids for three years and then he stops, he's going to have major atrophy and his muscles are going to shrink. Okay, so that's part of the game. In order to get big, you got to be doing it. And if you stop, you atrophy, you shrink, you're not as big anymore. So for guys that are like, oh, well, I don't like the dependent idea of being dependent on steroids. Well, you're also dependent on working out. You're also dependent on sticking to your diet. <laughs> the body only does this as an adaptation. And as soon as you take away the stimulus that is causing the adaptation, it goes back to homeostasis. So, you know what? I've thought about that too. You know, that would suck in a societal collapse, you know? I and mean, then it's like, uh, you know, you don't have testosterone anymore and you start shrinking or something. Um, you could always keep a little bit of testosterone around. I mean, as long as you've got one cc of testosterone a week, you know, 250 milligrams, things aren't going to be that bad. Um, which, you know, one vial of testosterone contains 10 weeks of that. How many weeks are in a year? Mm about 56 weeks so you know you have five or six vials of testosterone and you have a year supply of testosterone in a way that wouldn't make you like be crashing and burning from your steroid cycle so yeah if i mean if you didn't have that and there was some way where all of a sudden it was impossible for you to get testosterone yeah that would really suck (laughs) um but uh you know, if you're worried about PCT or something like that, you can just keep a couple vials of HCG on hand too, like 5,000, 10,000 IUs and uh, a couple, like 100 tablets of Noldedex. And, you know, if you take that and you come off of steroids and you take that until it's gone, um, you're not going to be like having zero testosterone or something. And another thing is that if you do have low testosterone, you're not going to be just like a woman, like with with no size or something like that. Like guys with low testosterone can still have muscle. So I know a lot of guys that have low testosterone and they work out and they do look like, you know, they don't look like they've never been to the gym before or something. Like they still can get some gains. Okay, next question is from Jake. He asks, hey mate, just curious if you can mix water-based and oil-based roids in the same syringe. Yes, you can, but it'll look funny. <laughs> you can mix HCG, for example, in, in your, your roid, your roid um, syringe. 
Um, or you can mix like a water-based, um, like Winstrol or water-based testosterone suspension in with your oil-based roids. But when you do that, you know that oil and water doesn't mix. Um, so it will be like this funny looking like bubbly mess like you know bubbles of water mixed with oil all all around it and uh that was my speaker uh but not the microphone so we're good and uh so it'll look like a like a a total mess inside of the uh inside of the barrel and uh look kind of gross or something like that but it's just the fact of oil not mixing with water it still got all the hormones in there and it didn't destroy it or something like that. So, you know, if you took the HCG and put it in there with the roids or you took the, um, the, uh, water-based roids like Winstrol suspension or testosterone suspension or something like that and put it in there with the oil-based roids, it just makes the whole mixture look like a mixture full of crap, but it's not de-sterilizing it or like destroying it or something. So it will probably just bother you to look at it and, be honest yeah it would i've done it many times um and it bothered me to look at it and uh but it didn't affect the potency or how much it was working or something like that and it doesn't de-sterilize it or something like that okay um some guys you know with with something like winstrol or testosterone suspension they're surprised when they get it and they see what it looks like because it's like the white crystal powder inside of water and it has like this milky look to it and there's like substance in there you know um like the actual crystals you can see them and you have to like shake the shit out of it before you in order to make it even right before you draw it up um what really helps a lot with that is if it gets heated right before you draw it up so that those crystals melt um and uh become more of a suspension rather than uh or a solution rather than uh you know an uneven mixture and uh, helps also to get the crystals through the um, needle because they can clog it. They can definitely clog it. And then you have to be like jimmying it to get it into you, which sucks. All right, next question is from Bobby. He says, hi, Dan, my name is Bobby. I've been using gear for about a year now and have just started my bulk cycle. I'm reasonably lean. Not sure my exact body fat percentage, but I have visible veins in my abs if that helps anything. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say that you're something like 8 to 10% body fat. You, you're pretty ripped. You can probably sit down on the toilet taking a shit, and if you see yourself in the mirror, you can see your abs. You can see the six-pack still. I'm taking 50 milligrams Anadrol, 200 milligrams DECA, and 350 milligrams testosterone per week and plan to add 200 milligrams trembolone per week soon. So 50 milligrams DECA or sorry, Anadrol, that's 350 milligrams per week. And then he's doing 350 tests per week. So that's 700 milligrams plus he's doing 200 milligrams DECA. So he's on 900 milligrams per week of anabolics right now, planning to add another 200 milligrams of trend per week soon and up test to 500 milligrams. He says, he says his question is if Anadrol acts like estrogen in the body, but the gyno can't be controlled with anything but Nolva, Blocking the estrogen receptor. How do you take that while on DECA and trend if Nova increases prolactin dramatically? Thanks in advance. Love the podcast. Listen to every episode. Learn tons. Thanks in advance. Yeah, so these damn scientists, these damn scientists have studied Anadrol and said all this stupid ass shit and spread these rumors around about it, okay? That it's estrogenic and it causes estrogen side effects. <laughs> Dumbass! 
Oh my god! Pro bodybuilders use this shit on the day of the competition. Okay, anadrol comes from dihydrotestosterone and cannot become any estrogens. What they say is that like, oh, well, it's estrogenic in itself and it can, it can attach to the estrogen receptor. Not in normal people. Not in normal people. Usually anadrol is going to make you a little bit harder when you start taking it because it's a DHT and does not have estrogen effects. In a few people that have mutated androgen receptor, sorry, <laughs> in a few people that have a mutation on their estrogen receptor, anadrol can directly attach to that estrogen receptor and like cause water retention in the skin and like cause gyno and stuff. But that's very rare. Okay. It's very rare. Um, very not normal at all. Um, usually taking anadrol will have zero estrogenic effects. It will be a hardener and it will make your muscles very full. It will not put, um, water into the skin. It will put water into the muscle and extra carbohydrate fuel storage into the muscle. That whole thing about like, oh, well, anadrol is like this major water bomb. It's like D-ball or something. No, that is such bullshit. That is such bullshit that has been packed into everyone's minds by these idiot fucking scientists who don't know shit about how this stuff works in the real world, okay? Anadrol is like the antithesis to D-ball, okay? D-ball is like this estrogenic gyno mess where you get you know, like a lot of water retention and you get like a lot of estrogen effects and you got to be taking like all these anti-estrogens, Nolvidex, Arimidex, Letrozole, stuff like that in order to control it. You don't got to take anything when you take Anadrol, okay? You don't have to take any anti-estrogens and you're fine. Unless you have this weird mutation to your estrogen receptor that is very rare, you will have zero estrogen side effects from using Anadrol. It's the shit, okay? Anadrol is one of the best hormones. It has major mental effects and it makes you have a lot of confidence it makes you feel aggressive. It makes you feel ready to go. You have more energy. You feel like you can snap into physical energy at a moment's notice. Like you're not tired and like, oh, I got to warm up first in order to feel ready to do this. No, you're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go zero to 100 now. And you feel, I don't like to use this word, but you do feel like more alpha or more confident. Like it increases aggression. It increases aggression, increases male hormone characteristics. It crosses the blood-brain barrier very easily. 50 milligrams per day is the dosage for this. And it's sick, dude. It is sick. Because it doesn't make you have water. doesn't make you have estrogen side effects. It just makes you big and strong as hell. And it makes you more confident and more aggressive and more assertive. It's an awesome hormone. One of my favorites. My favorite hormones, guys, are Primobolin testosterone, winstrol, and anadrol, and then superdrol, mm, I like that, you know, it's like trend, but it's pretty unhealthy, um, it works so good, you know, it works basically as good as trend, um, at, at like a burning fat and building muscle at the same time, but, you know, when you're taking that, it is taking a toll on your health, so I just have to say that, okay, um, but, and then and then I like pharmaceutical grade growth hormone too. I like I like pharmaceutical grade growth hormone anywhere from two IUs to four IUs per day. That's also that's also great. I mean, you know, if I have those things, you know, I don't need anything else. Those those roids kick major ass and easy to use, low side effects, and can make you look like a freaking freak if you use them right and diet right and you know do some workouts, get, get some progressive overload, get bigger and stronger. All right, the last question for the day is from Mackies. Hey, man, 
Thank you for your heroic work in telling the truth. I have two questions. What's your take on Testogel? Puffy and sensitive nipples doesn't mean gyno, right? Thank you from Sweden. Love the listeners from Sweden. Love the listeners from Sweden. You know what? There's a few countries where you just get these listeners that are so enthusiastic and they're loyal guys. And you just be like, damn, these guys, I, I like these dudes. So there, there's, a, there, there's a few countries. So one of them is Australia. The guys from Australia are good. Man, I like these listeners. You guys from Australia. Other guys from India. Talk about loyal listeners. Oh my God. I've got to visit India, you guys. It's definitely on my list of to do in the next couple of years, okay? I want to be in India. You Indian listeners, you guys are big fans. Well, tell you what, I'm big fans of you guys too. And then the Sweden guys. There is a lot of listeners from Sweden, and they're all solid ass guys. Honor is a big part of their game, and respect is a big part of their game. Man, I am a fan of these uh, these guys in Sweden, you know. And they have draconian laws against roids where they have to like hide their bodies under like big shirts and stuff, or else the police can just like profile them and be like, "You must take a blood test." Or urine test and then like try to put them in jail because of what they look like, which is totally insane. But so, I mean, that's so bad that, you know, you guys have to go through that. And I feel sorry for you guys, but you guys are freaking awesome, guys. Tons of respect. It's pretty sick. And then, you know, there's a lot of listeners in the UK, too. And then the most listeners are from America. You know, um, my, my home country, I'm an American. I grew up in California and lived in several states around the West Coast, um, uh, Idaho, Utah, Montana, California. That's the area that I'm from. Uh, so to get on to your questions, uh, what's your take on Testogel? So Testogel is good for TRT, okay? It's, it's a, it, it, they call it like Testim or like Androgel or Testogel. And, and basically what you do is, is you, uh, it comes out of like a lotion bottle or it will come out of a tube. And then you, you usually put it onto your, the inner part of your forearm, like on your wrists, uh, right below your hand. And you kind of like rub that area um, right between your wrists together and rub it in there. And then it absorbs through your skin and the testosterone, it's, uh, it's like available. There's no ester on it. It's like instantly available. And so then it gets into your body. And basically it's good for like mental effects. Um, it's not really that great for like muscle building. It, it really doesn't work for that. Um, unfortunately, um, you, you know, like you can't take like massive dosages of testo gel and like get big on it. Like that just doesn't work. Um, but it does work good. Like if you got low testosterone, you got low energy, you feel like shit. Um, if you can get that testo gel and just, you know, rub that on yourself. Um, yeah, it will resolve those problems. So it's good as like, if you've got low testosterone, you feel like shit and you can get testo gel, that'll solve your problems. But is it good for bodybuilding? No, it doesn't work for bodybuilding. Another thing with the testo gel is that you have, you have to watch out for is that um, if children or females come into contact with the area that you have rubbed it on, um, they're very sensitive to male hormones, and it will absorb through their skin if they come into contact with it. So like if you put it on 
you want to put it on and let it absorb. And then if you're going to be like contacting your family, like, uh, like wife and children or something, you want to like get it off of you before that happens, like with soap and stuff, because, um, you know, it can absorb into like your, your children's skin and, and give, you know, they don't need these hormones, you know, that's very bad for them and, and make them have like hit, make them like start puberty or having like, you know, hormonal effects when they're small or your wife, you know, make her have problems between her legs um, or have, um, you know, problems on her face, like, uh, you know, growing hair or another thing is growing hair, dark hairs around their nipples, which, you know, females do that, you know, especially, you know, depending on their race, but, um, it, it can, it can make them have male effects. Okay. So, so, and it can be an accident. Like you don't know what the hell is happening. Um, and it's because they came in contact with the gel. It's so it's pretty contagious. So you got to be careful with that. And then your other question was puffy and sensitive nipples doesn't mean gyno, right? Well, it means high estrogen level. If they're sensitive and looking puffy like that, it means that your your estrogen levels are um, not where they should be. You know, if you're not growing tissue underneath the, the nipples, you know, like hard tissue, there is something underneath the skin of the nipples. You can feel like kind of like a grainy sensation under there. If you like grip your nipple and you press in, and you grip what's under there. There will be like a grainy sensation under there. And that is the, uh, the gland that you are born with. The gland, um, because that part of the body is made before, um, before the sex of the baby is, de is determined. Like you, you have like the XX chromosome or the XY chromosome in the embryo. But before um, that part of the uh, development process kicks in where that makes uh, either testosterone, dihydrotestosterone start being produced or estrogen being produced, which then, you know, makes the baby grow their genitals, um, the, uh, the nipples are already formed at that point, okay? And so it's, it's a vestigial organ on men. And so you have the tissue there that would have become or had the potential to become breasts if you were female and that's why you know everyone has nipples and so that's why like you can get gyno and everything from like taking gear and having high estrogen and you can get you know breast development um and so if you got like sensitive nipples and you're like noticing them on your shirt which is not normal um or they're like inflamed like that means that you need to get your estrogen levels down and so how you can do this is you can either take 20 milligrams of nolvidex per day and um, that'll, that'll solve it right away. Or you can start taking a little bit of AI, like if you can get Eximestane or Arimidex, and you can just take a half a tablet like once a week or something. I'm assuming you're natural. And um, that, that'll be enough to reduce your estrogen levels to a more normal level, which will also in turn make your testosterone levels go up. Because if you have higher estrogen levels, that means that your testosterone levels are going to be getting negative feedback and uh, your your pituitary gland and your hypothalamus are not going to be releasing the hormones, the gonadotropin stimulating hormone and uh, the follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone um, that are necessary to make your balls function at full power and produce enough testosterone. So if you've got that a uh, little bit higher estrogen and you can uh, use a little bit of medication to reduce that a bit, um, then your testosterone levels are going to go up, your natural testosterone levels. And um, also, you know, the puffy, sensitive nipples that they shouldn't be so sensitive like that. They should barely be sensitive um, are going to go away. If you don't have, you know, a massive, you know, anything smaller than like a, you know, big like golf ball size um, material in your nipple. There's an article on my website, bodybuilderinthailand.com, you know, 
two websites, you know, the, the website for the steroids podcast, steroidspodcast.com. And then there's my personal website, bodybuilderinthailand.com. One of the first articles on there is about how to get rid and shrink of gyno. And if you have like puberty gyno or gyno from being natural, or you have gyno from being roids, or you have gyno from being on trend, it has all the information that you need there in order to learn how to shrink it down. Um, and as long as it's not huge, you can shrink it down completely and, and get rid of it with uh, the information contained there. But if you do have like really set in big gyno, then surgery is the only way that can uh, get rid of that. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.